The Proverb Podcast was created to highlight issues that affect men of color. These conversations are meant to enlighten, encourage thought, and start a dialogue on various topics that affect us as men. The goal is for men of color to learn and grow from these thought-provoking conversations and become better. Welcome to the Proverb Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Proverb Podcast. I am Kwaku Moody, creator and founder of Proverb. And today we have an extra special guest. You guys are truly in for a treat. This man is a mentor of mine and he is a, a real OG to me. And I, I want you guys to, he is a marathoner, an exceptional gentleman. And we've been having, we had a conversation the other night that really, really touched me. And I, I thought that it would be a great idea to have him on the podcast, Mr. Hugh Thompson. Hugh, how you doing? Oh, it's excellent, man. But you're not talking to my dad, and my dad is Mr. Man. It's just Hugh, buddy. Okay, just Hugh. <laughs> just Hugh. Just Hugh. Well, 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 look. Okay, so so background story. Hugh is actually we're we're graced with Hugh's presence. He's staying at at our home. Uh, because he is in the middle of something that has blown my mind. Tell everybody what it is you're doing and why you're here. Well, um, on the 25th of September, we left uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and decided that we wanted to see the changing of the leaves uh, in the New England states. Mm -hmm. And it all started out, we're going to do a marathon each week for five weeks in a row. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I want to make sure you guys heard that properly. He's doing a marathon each week for five weeks. Now, now, for those who don't know, and I was ignorant of this at one point, how long is a marathon? Man, 26.2 <laughs> miles. And the most important part of that race is the point two, believe it or not. That is coming to the end and crossing that finish line. Okay, we're, we're, okay, we'll get to that in one second. I'll make sure I make a note of that. Okay, so keep going. Keep going in your story. So you decided to do, you guys wanted to do this 26.2 uh, every once a week. Well, the, 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 what really happened when we got to the point that we wanted to do one every week, it, was, it came about because we're in the part of the country. You had to come in and out, in and out. You know, you would either fly but to get the experience uh, of this part of the country uh, is, is to live in it. And one way that we could do that was just to come, uh, prepare to do a race every weekend, and, and enjoy what I call enjoy being in the moment. And we worked hard to get there and to train to get there so we can make it happen. And... And believe it or not, before I left uh, Memphis, I was talking to a running coach, uh, a guy that uh, was the uh, coach for the track team in high school. He's retired now. Mm -hmm. And the thing he told me, he said, Hugh, you have to listen to the body. My body has not told me to stop yet, so I'm looking for another two right now. Mm. Your body hasn't stopped. Okay. All right. So... How tell me tell me give me the background because first of all just you being a marathoner is a, an an exceptional thing. Would you mind telling the listeners how old you are? You know I get excited about the age. 
I am 69 years old. And I have to tell you this now, it's very seldom that you're going to see me hanging out with another 69-year-old man. It's the young people that keep me going. Oh, wow. You know, I, I ran a marathon, um, one of the three that I've done. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one it was. It was only five of us in that race. Five people. And that was between the age of 65 and 69. I could have very well been the only 69-year person in the race. I'm not sure. But uh, to go out there and take on the challenge that the young people uh, present today uh, is awesome. Well, there, there's probably, I'm, I'm a younger person, I would say. Uh, I'm, I'm 40, and I haven't run a marathon yet. So right now, you're a superhero to me. Now, hold that right there. Now, I train with guys that's in their 40s. Uh -huh. Get this now. I'm 69 years old, uh -huh. and my training is with guys in their 40s. So basically what I am saying in one sense is that I am a young man. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm a young man. Now, I all don't right. fool around with my old, my old, those older guys now. And not saying that in a negative way, but when it comes to getting outside and wanting to do something, you know, getting off the couches is very important to me. Mm. Okay, so so... What I want people to hear is and what, what I was getting the other night. Give me the origin story of how you decided you were going to be a marathoner because you weren't always. No, I'm, I, it's not something I've been doing all the time. And what happened, I was in corporate America. Well, not that that particular time. When I started, it was I was a walker. And mm -hmm. I started out because it's, we have to find ways to manage stress in our life mm -hmm. and and this is I start walking every morning five days a week and I would do this before I go to work every day and so but during all of these times and, and moments I want to be able to run just one mile mm. just one mile and back in 2006 I lost my wife who had heart disease and one of the things that they talked about is exercise People have to get up and move. Now, one day, I picked up the local newspaper, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, and in that newspaper, it had an article in there getting off the couch. And so, and it talked about running a marathon. And this marathon would be it was training for Chicago, Chicago Marathon. And everybody out there, kept asking me if I wanted to do this marathon. I said, no, all I want to do is run one mile. One mile. And I continued to run with these guys, walk with them and everything. Got up to one rainy Saturday and mile 18. And at the end of that race, I said, I'm going to do Chicago. Okay, but we, we got to, I, I, I do have to, I actually have to forcefully cut you off here because I want to make sure that there are parts that the listeners catch. These are the ones that I caught when we were in conversation. You mentioned that you your your goal was to run one mile. Only one mile. What made you get with marathon runners in order to train to run one mile? Because they're training for 26.2. You know, that's a very good question. And even today, I couldn't tell you why I chose this group. 
but I, but I do know that their goal was greater than mine. And if they was going to do 26.2, there was no doubt in my mind that I'd be able to do the one. Okay, so that they're guys, girls, everyone listening, that's what I caught yesterday, and I'm glad that you said it. It, it because where where I want to go with this episode, it's not just about marathon running, but when I was hearing Hugh's story as he was sharing it with me, it struck me that there are abundant life lessons that we can get and we can gain. First of all, I get life lessons off of everything. I love looking at things and seeing a deeper meaning, but there was something beautiful about your story, the story that you're living now, your life that really struck me. And it was that. It was, if you're, if you have a goal, don't just get around people who want to accomplish the same goal. In, in, in the example that you gave me, you got around people who wanted to far surpass your goal. Absolutely. So that at very least, it's like that old saying, shoot, you know, shoot for the moon. Cause if you miss, at least you'll be amongst the stars. Well, you know, I like to say when you shoot for the, when you shoot for the moon you, and you miss it, you're really in the galaxy. Right, right. <laughs> so, so I wanted to make sure that everybody caught that. Like, we're we're all out here. We're all goal setting, and I mean, this podcast is is for men of color who who want you know a, a better form of life or to be even better men. But in the quest for that, we need to make sure that we get around other men as examples who are who far surpass where we want to be. So that at the very end of the day, if I don't take but one piece of advice from that particular group of people, it's going to elevate me way beyond where I am. Because you see how your story jumped from, I wanted to run a mile, I got with these people who were training for 26.2 miles, and then I made the decision in the eight when I ran the 18th mile. So, Take me back to the moment. What happened when you accomplished your your one mile goal? Did you notice it? Uh, it was just like uh, in a, achieving something. I was there. I I, I could do this. And then it, uh, you continue to want to uh, do a little bit more. It's sort of like when you pulling that rope. Mm-hmm. You just want to just keep on pulling. You're going higher and higher. And it, you know, people talking about getting high. Oh yes, I was high on this. <laughs> You, you, people even be asking me, do I do drugs? Yes, it's just a natural high, you know. So to wow. make that achievement uh, was tremendous for me. And these are some of the things that actually helped me move through life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were life lessons that come with this. Uh, I'm somewhat like a loner. Mm-hmm. And to get up on a Saturday morning, and go out and be with these people was a joy. And they was going forward and there was no way for me to go backwards. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And in life, if I'm hanging out with somebody and, and they stop, nine times out of 10, I'm gonna stop. But I, I have to be with someone that's gonna carry me to the next level. And that's what happened with me. Oh, I don't know if I told you this, but back in 2000, and 14, mm-hmm. I ran uh, New York Marathon. The New York Marathon, okay. And the next month, I ran St. Jude in Memphis, Tennessee. And I was running 
and I made up in my mind that I wanted to do a marathon every month in the following year, which I did. 12 months in a year. Yes, but it was 16 monthly marathons that I completed in a row. Would have loved to continue to run monthly marathons, but my daughter told me that I had to stay at home in that month of February because that's when the baby was due. Uh, her baby was due. Yeah. And I had to be there. She just, she wasn't taking any notes for that. Cause, well, I mean, that's a good enough reason you would think. And I was okay. glad that okay. I did that too. But, you know, I, I take this marathon serious because I'm looking at other people. Uh, I run with a group of guys. As I said earlier, they're in their 40s, most of them. Got one guy that's in his 50. He's much faster than I am. He started running marathons in 2011. He's only two states away. Are you away. kidding me? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. He started running in 2011. Right. Okay. And he's only two states away from having all 50 states. Running a marathon in every it's state. Every state. And, and you, okay, so you've, and, and, and not to diminish him, you've got quite an impressive record yourself. You have run, let me get the number correct, 39. 39. At this point, marathon. 39 states. No, it's actually 39 full marathons and 38 states. Oh, so you doubled up. You doubled up almost. I ran Chicago twice. The, um, the only marathon that I has ran, that I ran twice was in wow. Chicago. Okay, so so I if you guys are out there, if any of you are out there like me, my mind was completely blown when we were having this conversation and we got to this point. So I, I want to know right now, give me some of the life lessons that being a marathon runner has taught you some of the things that translate over into we already got the one about I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here writing I'm sitting here thinking about notes as as we speak but there is the one of get around people who far surpass your goal to is get get around other people accountability is completely key and get around those people who won't stop running and, and that's absolutely true but I found the the greatest accountability partner that that, that I've had in my lifetime it's really me. It's deep down inside and it become embedded. Like when I uh, decided that I wanted to start walking in the beginning, and it was actually, it was something to do to control stress in my life. Okay. You, okay. You said something about stress last night that I want to make sure that, that the people know too. How, give me your thoughts on stress because that, that one turned me around too. Oh. I, I think that Every day we walk, wake up and step out into the world, we're gonna have stress. I don't, it doesn't matter what you do. And I think what you have to find a way to do and deal with stress is really to manage it. Mm. I gotta manage the stress that comes within my life. And I couldn't give you a formula on how to do that. But I will tell you this, when I was working in Greenville, South Carolina, I discovered how important it was to me to get out and run. If I did not run during the course of a day, my day was miserable and people could push me around. But if I went out in the morning and, and got that run in three or five miles, I was solid, just like the real rock. Mm, mm. Now, why is that? I will never be able to tell you. Well, I think you found you found what that thing is for you because it, it 
you know, I don't want everybody listening to think that everyone has to run, but it is, you have to find your thing, that thing that you, that really centers you, that thing that calms you, that thing that keeps, you know, that, that allows you to manage that stress. Because I used to think the opposite way. I used to think you've got to find a way to eradicate and get rid of it. And then invariably I would do that and then new stress would show up. You know, new things would show up that would, you know, kind of try to derail my day. So just hearing from you last night that, you know, stress doesn't ever go away. So it's not about getting rid of it more than it is managing what's there was a complete mind shift for me. It was like, oh, okay, well then now I have, now I have to make sure that I'm not focused on the stress more than I am focused on, let me find a way. What's my thing? And you know, mine may not be running. Mine may be, I love weightlifting. So it might be weightlifting. Yeah. And, and you talk about weightlifting. I have an accountability partner. I lift weights once a week. Okay. And I have to do this because I have all these muscles in this body <laughs> that I have to take care of those muscles uh-huh. in order to be able to run. Hmm. Now, if I was going to get up, would I get up every morning and go lift weights on my arm? Oh, no. So I hired a person to work with me on that part. Okay. Tell me about the importance of hiring someone to be, to, to train you. Well, it all started out um, my trainer name is Kenyatta. Mm-hmm. I went to Kenyatta and I was talking to him and I was telling him that I wanted some abs. Oh, okay. We all do. Of, we of all course, do. Of course, now he quickly told me that we all have them. Mm-hmm. He said, I think what you want to do is make sure that your abs are showing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. So, so that's what we were working on. We were working mm-hmm. on to get my abs to show and then all the, at the same time, I'm running marathons mm-hmm. and we moved into me doing the marathon once a month so my goals for the abs had to change mm. so now I want to run these marathons every, every every month then I turn around and say I want to make sure I do all 50 states I want to see uh, the world mm-hmm. I'm saying part of it because I'm a Vietnam vet I that in. I salute you for that, sir. Yeah, I salute thank you, you thank for you, that. Thank you. And so, running these marathons give me a chance to see the states that I haven't seen. Mm. And and then I get the sixteen consecutive mar- monthly marathons done, and then I go back and tell him, I think I'm going to run one a week. Now, this I've always wanted to do this, but after I ran uh, the marathon in Fargo. North, um, North Dakota? North Dakota. Okay. I'm on the airplane on my way back to Memphis, Tennessee. And there was this guy sitting two rows back from me. And I looked at him and I said, it looked like you might be a marathoner. He said, I am. Now, this guy just completed 400 total marathons. And you talk about me doing 400 right. total. And guess how old this guy is? I don't know. He was 69 years That's old. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. When did he start? Well, he started at a very young age, hmm. very young age, and and uh, in fact, he was a writer. He wrote for a newspaper, a sports column, 
and he said if he had to write sports and write about marathons, he had to run it. And so he started training that way, and that's how he got into the running, and he's still running today. Wow. And that's when he told me that he had been running a marathon every week. And is that how you got the idea? You're like, okay. Well, I had told him that I was going to do one. So I'm always seeking advice. Uh huh. That's a good tip. Always seek advice, everybody. Always um, seek advice. And and I I always said you got to have somebody that's younger than you in your life. You got to have somebody equal to you in age, which he was. And then you got to have somebody older than you are. Now, why? Why? Please break that down for me. Um. I don't know. Somewhere back in uh, biblically, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be able to tell you where it is, but I believe it's in Proverbs somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it talk about having that counsel. Mm. So here we, here I am, a marathoner. I told you earlier, I run with a bunch of young guys. Yes, you do. Uh, here's a guy equal to me, and I have been in a race, and I've been running with a person that's eighty years old. So. It creates, I guess you could see it's it's a vision mm. that you can see that's being developed uh, all around you. And you don't know how it's going to come out. Hmm. Uh, I used to work in, when I was in college, I worked in the audio vision department, but you know, when you go into the dark room to develop those pictures, you don't, you don't even know what they're going to look like until you come out of the dark room. Right, right. Wow. Okay. All right. So you, so you met this guy, Fargo. He ran 400. You came. You were. You you had the idea in your mind that you're going to run one a week. You went to your trainer, and what did he say at that moment? You have to feed your body. Got it. You got to feed your body. So, and that is a challenge within itself. They say your body is what you eat. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, we talk about water. Well, what were you eating at the time? I, I middle class myself as a bad eater. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that I would eat three meals a day, but now I'm eating six. Mm. Now, were those six? Was it three big meals and then three snacks, or what was the? Well, I had to break them down because uh, my trainer said you you have to eat all six meals. I said I don't be hungry. Mm. Now I'm in the mindset that I'm not trying to feed a hungry body. I'm trying to feed a well groomed body. Oh, okay. All right. Hmm. So he got you on a meal plan, right? That's correct. Okay, so 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 let, let's jump forward. Tell me. So you, you figure out what the first race of the week is, right? Right. And how did it feel when you... That one... I mean, I'm not saying it was easy because it's probably not easy at all to run 26.2 miles. I'm not going to ever assume that it's easy. Um, unless you're one of those Kenyan fellows who just seems to sprint them out. But answer me this. So after the first marathon, the first week, how did the second one feel? Week two. You know, it, it's, it's amazing that you would ask that. Uh, the races are different. Mm. And when I got to that first race in um, Bristol, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. On the way to pick up my race package, we was going down this hill. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, man, no, I, I'm i going to have trouble. And it, and it really is okay, a why? thing. But why? When you were, but, you were going down the hill. Because I'm going down this hill. And they had the race signs out there. 
And I'm knowing that we're going to have to come back up. Ah, so you got to go. Okay. All oh, right. Oh, man. And I do not like to go out on the uh, route of that race the day before because it kind of mind boggles. But Okay, because why? You don't like going out there. We talked about this, it, and, and, and you really made a good point that spoke to me. There's something about knowing the course that will mess with your mind. Whereas if you enter something in a curious state, it gives you, I, I, it doesn't weigh you down as much, right? Like it. And you know, you're right about that, but, at the, but when we go through life, mm-hmm. this is how I look at my marathon. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on a track. Mm. And it's on the level playing field. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, you're going to end up, you're going to run into that obstacle out there. And that's that hill. Mm-hmm. It's not always uh, how you're going to get over the hill. you got to figure out in your mind before you get there is how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so making that adjustment once you get there mm-hmm. is better for me than to try to process it over overnight where it's good for some people to process well I don't even know if it's good for some people okay because I think that we all um, we all have issues in the world we all have problems but I I like to think there are some people and myself included at a certain point I like to think if I just know what's coming I can deal with what's coming I don't think as I've grown older I don't think that that's always so true because if you would have told me when I was 25 the issues I would have when I'm 40, it would probably freak me out. I'm not ready for it. So I'm only I'm ready for what I'm ready for in the time that I'm supposed to experience it. And I think that's probably why God does it that way. We don't I don't get a preview of the trouble to come. But I get but but all the while and what I'm where I'm pulling back to your story is all the while because you didn't just you didn't just sit on the couch and then say, okay, marathon time, time to get up and go run. And then you got back home and sat back down on the couch. All the while you were training. Training. You had your trainer, you had your meal plan. So you you were training your body, you were feeding your body. And all of that to me, as far as if we're taking this into the example of life in itself is you were preparing the whole time up until it's time for the race. So all of that preparation meant, even if there's a hill, I'm ready for it. Got to take it on. And Got it. My my uh, youngest son played uh, in the band at uh, Alcorn State University. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to always tell him that he had a job. Okay. And now he's uh, he's an insurance agent. And uh, a few days ago, I say, you remember when you was in the band? He said, yes, sir. I say... Now, you never did perform at a home game without practicing, did you? Ooh, okay. He said, no, we practice all the time. I said, well, in the world that you're in, you got to continue to practice. Mm. So that's kind of going back to my marathon running and learning how to run on tired legs. Every day of our lives, we have to get up and and face the challenges of the world. 
Wait, say say that it running again. I mean running, running on tired on legs. tired legs. And every day we're gonna have to get up and face the challenges of the world. It's no different than running a marathon. So let me ask you a question. As a marathoner, are you training so that you can do that? Is that like that not that that's the full gist of the training, but is that one of the key aspects of training? Well, actually, uh, the training is to prepare you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, as you noted earlier and saluted me as far as being in the military, they sent us through a series of training before we even went to war. Mm-hmm. They just didn't throw me over in Vietnam and give me a weapon to carry. Mm-hmm. They, they taught me how to use it. And, and so these are the things in life. And, and to, to me... Uh, when I run a marathon, sometimes it is actually my rear view mirror of life. Okay, why? Why? Why is because that? Because it, it gives you it, you can reflect on so many different things as as we noted and talked about. I'm six to nine years old. I don't just sit around during the day thinking about where I've been and what I've done. But sometimes when you're out there with other people, uh, you got a chance to encourage people. You got people out there encouraging you. It's just a different mindset that comes uh, comes about, and I love every moment of it. It's it, it becomes a, a great challenge, which we live in a challenge every day. Uh, tired legs, as I said a few minutes ago, at the end of a race, those legs are some kind of tired. Okay, so okay, so let's let's. I want to build. I want to build on the tired legs point because. I, I know that there are listeners and I've been in this particular position before as well where you're working, you're preparing and you've been doing it for so long and you think that, you know, this preparation period is never going to end. When am I going to actually get to run? And so so for those people out there who are thinking that, who are, you know, and, and we've all heard we've all heard the sayings and you've seen the. Everyone's seen the memes and the posts about the guy that's chipping away at the in the diamond mine, and he's about an inch close to that. But but you actually do this. You actually run. You've actually participated in these things. What would you say to that person who says, "Well, I've I've been preparing. I you know when 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 is it when is it enough? When do I get my chance? What is your response to that person?" Well, I, I think we uh, always have to be training. You, we are familiar with a great number of athletes in our lives. And think, think about some of the greatest. Um, they continue to train. They continue to go through the weight room. The ones that don't, they lose all form and everything. So uh, I think we, when we're looking at life, we always have to be preparing. We can't just sit down and do nothing. We, we have to stay focused. Uh, have that mindset to go to the next level and and from uh, marathons my training and the running of marathons have put me in a mindset that there's a course of life that we have to be on and I see that course of life that I'm on is reflected in my marathon running mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and it all started because and, you know, I mentioned that my wife passed away and I had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And I was being around people. And, you know, to get out there and 
and, and see somebody that's struggling and you, you can reach out to and touch them. Mm-hmm. You okay? Uh, you got this. Uh, I, I'll tell you, we I was running with this guy towards the end of the race uh, last week. And he said, Hugh, I can't go no further. He said, I'm cramping up. I said, I asked him, had he been drinking his water and everything he said he had. And we ran now a couple of miles and he said, told me, you just go head on. So I caught up and caught up with another guy and talked to him through the process. And then we ran in together. You know, there are people in life that can help you at all stages. And I can find that in, in doing a marathon. Mm. I love the fact. I love the fact of the the community aspect because I didn't know that that happens. I'm thinking, you know, starting gun goes off and it's you know it's it's all for one you know one of those kind of things where it's like it's just me and mine and I got my earphones in and I'm racing. But you've spoken to me about you love the community aspect oh, of yeah. of the race and you actually recognize people. Somebody recognized you from another race right. as they were the cheering on the sideline. <laughs> you know. Uh, I was in the insurance business, and I stayed in the insurance business for 24 years. In fact, I still work in it part-time. And I always said my job was to uh, get people to know me. Hmm. And and that concept still exists. When I leave a marathon, I want to leave that marathon. If I don't ever see that person again, and that person never see me again, I want them to remember who I am. Hmm. So you make now, a mark. Now tell me what this say. Okay, so he just handed me a band, and the band says it's one of the it's a wristband, and it says "Unbreakable." I met a lady named Helva in my last race. Mm-hmm. I ran off and left. She caught up with me, passed me, and she stopped, and she said, "I need to give you this because you are unbreakable." Can you imagine that? Wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it, 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 it does speak to me, I think, as, as a larger issue to the community, to a community that you, you know, stay around. It should be one of those empowering environments that you put yourself in, because that's really from what I'm getting from you. Sometimes that's that's sometimes the push you need when your legs are tired, mm-hmm. when you know, you know, to know that someone else is looking out for you and to know that you have the responsibility of looking out for another person, it's extremely, extremely important. And it's not something that just has to happen in races. I think that it would be something that would go a long way if, you know, as we grow, you know, as as humans, and we have these goals and dreams and desires and things we want to see in life, that if we continue to, because there's some great ones out there, if we continue to build and find these communities that we can be a part of, it makes getting to that goal or surpassing that goal as far as look at you running now. You went from one mile to, you know, 39 races of 26.2 miles. Um, it, it makes that easier. Well, sometimes we can, it, it does get easy, but you sit out there and, you know, I mentioned that rear view mirror, but it's a very small mirror, uh, mirror mm-hmm. compared to the windshield. But I still got to stay focused. I got to know where I'm going. Mm. So you need a direction. You, you need... gotta have that direction. You gotta okay. see how you're gonna get there. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and none of us make it in this world without some type of preparation. We've got to have it. And you know, I was left your house this morning and 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 went over to the park. I don't even remember the name of it. 
But so people out there walking their dogs, people riding their bicycles, uh, people walking. It, they just doing that thing. Mm-hmm. And and the reason I like to get up in the morning and do it is because I think the good Lord have cleansed the air. Got it. And giving me some good fresh air. And I, <laughs> right, right. And I love to get up and go out in the morning and get that air before we mess it up. Mm, with the cars. You were telling me yeah. about that with pollution and cars and all of the vehicles and stuff that are out there. You're getting the freshest, get most the pure freshest. air. Oh, yeah. At the beginning of the morning. And that's good. I, I definitely want to. I'm definitely. Uh, there's a lot that we talked about and even on this podcast today that I'm taking in. And really making you know part of my life, and hopefully, as listeners, you guys are are, are doing the same. Um, man, keep 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 giving. Give me give me give me one more one more tip that we can use as especially men um, that you've learned. Um, either be it albeit your sixty nine years of amazing life, uh, your your awesome military service, and we again we salute you for that. Or, or marathoning uh, because we need it. Well, now I would say that uh, we are very much a part of a community that involves each other. I run with a group of guys and they have throughout the whole United States of America, black men run. And one of the things in that organization that we said no man is left behind. Mm. So, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? That, that means that we have to make sure that each one of the brothers that assemble with us in the morning get to wherever they want to be. Mm. And keep this in mind. It might be a group of guys going to run three miles on a Saturday morning. It could be six, nine, 12, or either 18. Mm-hmm. Whatever they're going to do is our responsibility to help that guy get to where they want to be. Hmm. We cannot leave a person out there all by himself. We can't do it by himself. Even running a marathon, I need the other people that's in that race, that running that same pace that I'm running to help me move on. Okay, so what happens in a scenario like that? Because I think that this is, you know, really, really uh, key information in regarding, you know, regarding life and how we conduct ourselves in life. But what happens if I'm out there running? And I just can't do it, and I my legs give out, and I stop. But I'm I still got one more mile to go. What happens? We're going to do an assessment of where we are right now. Okay. Then we're going to understand how and what it is going to take to do that final mile. Okay. And the key thing is was for me to be with that person to finish that final mile. I cannot go off and leave them. Now, if necessary, and I've trying to meet some particular goal, mm-hmm. I would go ahead on, finish it, and then I'd turn around and come back and get it. So you would go finish yours. So if we were running three miles together and I couldn't finish, you would go finish yours, come... Okay, let me. I'm sorry, let me break it down. Because right, that, that's amazing to me, and I hope we all get this. If we were running three miles, me and you, we were, we were in a group together, me and you, and I couldn't do it. At two miles, I stopped. You would finish your mile come back a mile to get me and then finish the mile with me. Absolutely. And think about the world. Wow. Think about what we do every day for one another. We're always helping someone. We always should be. Let's put it that way. We all should be. That is the mindset. If if for nothing else, 
I think one of the key aspects of this podcast episode is that we should be helping one another in whatever way that we possibly can. That's why I even do this. This podcast exists to help other people. So we should be helping other people. But what you're saying, what you're talking to me about, sounds not even like the extra mile. It sounds technically like the extra two or three miles because you're coming back a mile to get me and then we're finishing a mile. I can't leave you out there. Right. Because the goal is no brother left behind. Could you imagine? Could you really imagine if what, what the destinies for men of color would look like if we carried that mindset in everything we do? And mind you, there are some amazing groups. I'm not discounting it. There are some amazing wonderful groups out there that are doing just that and we strive to be one of those as well in in honoring men of color not just with our words but with our deeds but could you imagine if every man put that in his heart as his mantra that the men that i'm around they we as a collective will not leave anyone down but now there's a flip side to this okay go ahead go ahead the flip side is if you don't tell me what your goal is, regardless of whether it's running a marathon or whether it's making a million dollars. If you don't tell me what your goal is, I can't help you get there. Oh, that's good. That's good. So in a sense, you're saying then I have to communicate with you. Ooh, that's right. Okay. Okay. Because that's a thing. I, Q, I study men. I, I study men intently because I have to be able to you know, if I'm going to serve men, I have to be able to understand who I'm serving. And traditionally, we don't communicate as well as we should. So how can I assume that someone knows what my needs are, whether it be a coworker or my wife or anyone, if we don't communicate about it? Well, you, you, you hit me on the head there. Uh, you know, I'm not very good at this either. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say this. I mentioned uh, my uh, two sons earlier. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They do a better job at it than I do. Really? So, if we can help one another to get better, that means in the end, everybody else is going to be better. So I get excited knowing that my boys are better than I am because they become my reflection. Oh, wow. Okay, that's good. So you actually have to put it into future generations, and that's good. Okay, so so it this has been an amazing episode. I'm I am full. You have given us a ton of information. I thank you and I honor you for the life you've lived up to this point and the life that you are continuing to live. It is a it is a beacon of light for me. It gives me hope. It actually made me and my wife we want to uh we're, I'm saying it out loud. We're turning ourselves into runners just because we see <laughs> we see the benefits of it. And uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm highly impressed and I thank you so much. I mean, we've got amazing guests and you are one of our best guests on this show. So Hugh, I thank you. Thank you for your accomplishments. Thank you for your contribution and just thank you for who you are. Well, I really appreciate this opportunity and I never felt that I was ready to do something like this in my lifetime. And I have to say, just because of you, I am still growing. All right. (laughs) Well, guys, that is all for today. Again, we'll have another episode next week. And 
This is Hugh and this is Kwaku Moody signing off. Be great. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Check us out and follow us on social media. On Facebook at facebook.com slash PRVRB. On Instagram at WeAreProverb. That's we are P-R-V-R-B. On Twitter at WeAreProverb. Or online at PRVRB.com. Did you know that we also host a private group of men on Facebook? Where over 1,000 men of color connect, learn, and grow together? Would you like to become a part of this amazing group? If so, search for the Proverb Group on Facebook. Again, that's P-R-V-R-B and register to join our group today. And make sure you like, comment, rate us, and share this podcast with anyone you know. Until next time, this is your host, Kwaku Amuni from Proverb, signing off. As always, 